It is the day before Gasparilla, and I am hoping for some beautiful weather tomorrow and what is sure to be a great day for the city of Tampa. Today is a fun episode for me to record. I was the marketing director for a startup called WeView. Today's guest, along with Saxon Baum, who was also on this show, you may remember him, ran this startup company. And now, through many more entrepreneurial endeavors, he's now on his latest company, Pause and Rec, and here in Tampa, they're taking the city by storm. In this episode, you will learn how to set personal and professional goals, combine past entrepreneurial experiences into new success, stand out against your competition, and so much more. But before we get into his journey, let's learn how he podcasts. Taylor, which platform do you stream your shows through? I'm like 50-50 Spotify, Apple. No real preference. It's more just like which one I hit with my finger that day. I like that. That's why I try to put this show on every platform through Buzzsprout. When in the day do you find yourself listening to shows? Really whenever I'm in the car. So usually like before or kind of after work, some kind of commute. In the car. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing how you podcast. Welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancey. You can find more about me at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media, my YouTube channel, or VincentALancey.com. If it is your first time with us, each week since December 2019, I have sat down with the founder of a company or brand to share what has worked well for them, what they need to improve on, and all of their learning lessons along the way. There are also a bunch of bonus episodes for you as well, including this Gasparilla Overload series and Rewind the Clock episodes where I bring back past guests. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. This entrepreneur has experience and advice to add from many areas. He has spent time in marketing at Florida Funders as a hybrid between the Venture Capital Fund and an angel investor network. Additionally, with his self-taught design skills, he works with creatives and engineers to create beautiful, functional, and marketable products. He has spent five years as a product-focused CEO for a company that raised $1.8 million in funding created products enjoyed by thousands of users and employed 10 million people. I mentioned Pause and Rec, the first membership-based doggy daycare adventure and overnight boarding solution developed specifically for urban living humans and their furry family members. From daycare adventure memberships to premium spa services and overnight hoteling memberships, they're standing out against their competition in many ways. He has a lot to offer and he loves to give back through his experiences Taylor Wallace. Taylor, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Vinny. It's good to be here, man. It's good to see you. Likewise, would you mind introducing yourself a little more on the personal side to our audience before we dive into business talk? Sure. Yeah, I'm Taylor Wallace. I'm one of the owners of Pause and Rec. As been mentioned, we're uh, Tampa's premier dog daycare and boarding facility. Um, I have a really kind of mixed bag entrepreneurial background. I've done just about everything you could do for a startup. Um and yeah, most of my experience has been in tech and kind of finance venture capital world. Um, but as of about a year and a half ago, uh, I started buying doggy daycares and running them with one of my best friends. Um, so we'll dive into kind of that transition of what it's been like to go from a tech guy to a dog guy. I'm looking forward to sharing this journey with everyone. When you started out, when you had that choice between what you're going to do for a living, what pushed you into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I mean, I think it was... It, I've sort of gone between uh, entrepreneurship and, 
consulting and, and full-time employment over the course of my career. And even, even before I really was out of college. Um, and I'm just, I don't like being an employee, man. Like I, I don't love working for other people. I, I generally think I can do it better, which often isn't correct, but that's where my head goes. Um, and I just love working for myself and, and working for kind of a close team and having a lot of autonomy in my work. So anytime I try to get away from entrepreneurship, I think life generally brings me back there. The opportunity I had with you in Saxon at WeView, as I mentioned, opened up my eyes to what I was going to school for, which was finance and MBA. Then, of course, my accident, things changed directions, and I used some of the tools I learned with you and Saks at WeView, plus my journey in the MBA program to do what I'm doing today. But it's not easy being on your own. You of all people know that. You've mentioned you had your feet wet in a lot of areas for a startup. What are two of the hardest parts of being a part of a startup? Yeah, I think um, uncertainty is definitely one of the big ones, right? Like life's a roller coaster and entrepreneurship's like riding a motorcycle naked in the middle of the Alps in the freezing cold, right? It's like roller coaster is kind of safe. You're strapped in, you know, people are kind of have done it before and entrepreneurship is, you know, you really don't know what's going to happen next. And I I think the crazy thing about it too is uh, that continues as you level up, right? Like you become more confident. And your skill set, your company's more successful, you raise more money, but like that uncertainty doesn't go away because you're 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 essentially always managing risk, you're managing more people, you're managing bigger budgets. Um, so I think a part of, of of being an entrepreneur is just figuring out how to live without sort of the certainty that you get sometimes being an employee of a steady job, steady paycheck, 401k. Um, that stuff is 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 uh, is on you as an entrepreneur. Having that paycheck on Friday is certainly a security blanket, but of course, you are not really doing things the way you want to do. When you were in college, what was your major, Taylor? I was an English lit major. English lit major. Yes. Let's talk about a little of that transition to entrepreneurship even. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of grew up in a a very entrepreneurial family um, and I didn't really see it as entrepreneurship as a kid. I just saw my dad put a suit on every day and go go to the office with a briefcase and I thought business was bad um, and didn't want any part of it. And I was going to be a writer and I, uh, I was going to, I went to college in Scotland and I was going to sit on the cliffs of Scotland and write poems and figure out how to, how to do that uh, with my life. And um, I did that for a couple of years. Um, but I got involved in, in theatrical production as, as kind of part of that creative journey. And I, I really fell in love with kind of building teams and, and working on projects that were more than me sitting in a, in a room with a pen by myself. Um, and realized I had a bit of a knack for, for kind of organizing people to build things. Um, and uh, out of college, I, I, I became kind of fascinated by how the internet was allowing people to tell stories um, and decided I wanted to figure out how the internet worked and took a job in New York City with kind of the, the only startup I could convince to hire me um, and really got kind of a trial by fire of, of learning how uh, the online ecosystem worked and, and uh uh, that then eventually led to me starting my first company that you were a part of. I appreciate you sharing that. And I remember when I was looking at your website, learning more about you, because it's been a little while. I remember seeing something about that with education, but it's a good example there. You're learning to leverage your strengths, getting as much experience as possible. And now you put it into startups. I also liked before how you mentioned kind of new doors open as your company grows, there's new risks, there's new problems. It just continues to evolve. But throughout your work, what were some of the problems that gave you the most lessons? So I got sober in 2014 in the middle of, of running my first company. Um, I think that was sort of like probably the biggest learning experience, A, of my life, but B, it's, it's, it's probably allowed me to uh, experience some of the success I've experienced. Um, 
you know, before, before that, like I was good at two things. I was good at working and I was good at partying. Um, and I worked a party and, and I partied after work and, and, uh, you know, it was, I was sort of on that roller coaster that I think a lot of, um, very driven people find themselves on is, is you get amped up all day long and, uh, you get super caught up in what you're doing work-wise and, and the way that you, uh, choose to wind down is, is often with alcohol. And, and, uh, I kind of had a, a realization that, you know, I was in my mid twenties and, and I'd been doing that for, for a couple of years. And, um, I was like, if I continue down this path, like I'm going to, I'm going to screw my company up and, and probably my life. Um, so I, I had sort of a moment of clarity and, and I was able to find a community of other people that, uh, that did drink and, and live a sober lifestyle that I've kind of learned how to maintain. And, um, you know, through that process, like a couple takeaways that, that have impacted me, like both personally and professionally are, are, you know, you learn how to be humble. Right. And, and growing up, like I thought humility was just like being good at stuff and not talking about it. Um, and I've, I've really learned that like being humble is being teachable and as an entrepreneur, like learning from your employees and, and your co-founders and, and, uh, uh, and many others. And, and, uh, I learned how to ask for help. Like before that, I, I thought I could sort of muscle my way through everything. Um, and, uh, I, I learned that there's definitely many challenges in, in life that you can't do on your own. Um, and I learned how to follow directions, right? Like. I think as entrepreneurs, we're kind of often fed this, this bullshit line where like you're charting your own course and like, there's, there's no path. And, you know, unless you're like Elon Musk sending a rocket to Mars, like there's a path, right? Like someone's done something very similar. Um, probably many people, uh, there's very few unique business ideas, unique business models that, that aren't at least comparable to somebody else. And the more you can kind of hack your way by finding someone else that's done it before, whether that's in business and in, in life. Like I got sober by asking other people that didn't drink how they did it and following their directions. Um, and now that's how I run my business. I, I find other successful entrepreneurs. I ask them how they did it and I follow the directions and it works. It's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your story of how you overcame everything. Sharing your vulnerable moments helps so many people out there because they are going through something similar. I also like there how you said the learning never stops. You got to keep learning and open up, ask for help. I've learned that I can't be great at everything, but someone else can be good at something, learn how they're doing it and move forward. Take some notes. Yeah, absolutely. Now I want to dig into your brain a little bit, Taylor, and I've known you for some time, so I'm interested to see who you're going to choose. Which entrepreneur would you choose to have a conversation with, dead or alive? Oh, this was a tough one. I had to think about this for a minute. I mean, the first guy that came to mind was, uh, was Vitalik, who's the, uh, the founder of Ethereum. Um, and if you've never seen him talk, uh, he's just absolutely brilliant. And I'm very intrigued by all the stuff that's happening with Web3 and the future of finance and DeFi. And, um, you know, I, he's just one of these guys I'd want to sit and have like talk at me for a couple hours and, and really kind of pick his brain apart. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the, the, the one that came to mind. Well, how about this? If you could pick the place of the meeting, where would you choose? Oh, interesting. The place of the meeting. Uh, I think he's got like kind of a weird diet. I think he's one of these guys that's like super vegan. So I'd want to go to like a restaurant of his choosing that has like some really dank plant-based foods and have him like also talk to me about that because he's one of these guys that gets like super nerded out on anything and having a meal with someone who's nerding out about the food and then also nerding out about all of the rest of it would be a blast. I love that choice, but you want the guest or the entrepreneur in this case to feel comfortable, feel at home. Yeah. They're, yeah. That way they're willing to open up and you'll get the most out of that meeting. What's next for you though, Taylor? I know you're on the rise with these pause and recs. What's next for pause and rec? Is there anything else also in the work? I know you're a hustler. You might have something else going on too. 
Yeah, I uh, so we actually just opened up our second pause and rec. So now we have two locations in Tampa, um, one kind of near UT downtown called our Lemon Street location. Um, and then our new spot is uh, just south of Gandhi in Manhattan uh, on Pearl Avenue. Um, so we want hopefully we're going to have many more pause and recs uh, around Tampa Bay and, and hopefully even broader than that in the uh, in the coming months and years. Um, and I'm also just really interested in kind of small business in the moment. Like I spent my first decade in, in tech and, and uh, small businesses are, are a bit of a different animal, but I think people with tech skills that can come to a brick and mortar and, and, and really think through how small businesses work uh, with tech enablement, uh, it's very powerful. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about other small businesses I can get involved with. I'm excited to see what's next for you and congratulations on the early growth and success with Pause and Rec. Everyone listening on, be sure to go down in this episode description and head to their website to find out exactly where those locations are. I think it is a great time now, Taylor, to get into the spotlight story. If it's your first time joining us at the end of each episode, my guest and I go over a fellow entrepreneur's journey to add some new perspective and learning lessons to you, the listeners. And as we have someone who is crushing it in the pet space right now, I want to share the journey of the founder of Stella and Chewy's, Marie Moody. And this was a pretty inspiring journey. I had not learned it before. She is the founder of a multi-million dollar pet food company now. But in 2002, she had just been fired from her third fashion industry job. An unforeseen event soon launched her career as a raw, natural pet food advocate and manufacturer. Marie adopted Chewy, who was a rescue dog, seriously ill. She followed her vegetarian's advice and fed Chewy a homemade diet of raw meats and vegetables. Chewy's rapid return to health inspired Marie to learn more about the benefits of feeding less processed, grain-free foods to animals. The more she learned, the more she was convinced that there were other pet parents just other pet parents just like her who would want to feed their animals high-quality meals. She relocated to New York City, found herself in between jobs, and started preparing this raw pet food in her Manhattan apartment. Her two dogs, Stella and Chewy, were early product testers, and now nearly 10 years later, the frozen and freeze-dried food, raw, natural dog and cat food is available in more than 3,000 retail stores nationwide. I wanted to include this last part of the article. How did a young single woman living in the Upper West Side who didn't even cook her own meals start to tackle that project to inspire everyone that you can just get started and anything can happen? Marie took it on with single-minded determination and no shortage of obstacles. She purchased huge quantities of organic ingredients and several industrial freezers, which took up residence in her living room. Then she had to market, sell, and deliver the food to retailers in New York, all without owning a car. During the meeting, she described hailing taxis with her boxes of frozen food stashed behind parked cars because no taxi driver wants to pick up a fare hauling that sort of baggage. Taylor, what do you enjoy best about this story? I love her hustle, man. I mean, she, uh, you know, just, she just did whatever it took to, to get her product to market. She believed in what she was doing and, uh, you know, she wasn't afraid to get a bit weird to make it happen. And uh, Stella and Chewy's is a good product. It's, uh, you know, if, if you haven't yet, go down to your local uh, your local natural pet food store and, and buy some of their treats. I actually just fed my dog some Stella and Chewy's this morning. Was trying to find a great article for you. And this hustle she displayed is incredible. So thank you for that analysis. And Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the show. I love how you emphasize staying curious, always learning. Because I also believe that the learning never stops until you want to. 
your takeaways for becoming sober, staying humble, important lessons in entrepreneurship. You talk about leveraging your strengths. The new doors open, but there's also level up new problems as well. And it has been done before or similar. Find comps. Again, always learning. That's my notes for you. But I need to now know your last word. Yeah, man. Find somebody who has done it before and ask them how they did it. Follow the directions. Ask questions. There's nothing bad that can come out of that. Taylor, how can everybody find you, your LinkedIn, your website for pause and rec locations, everything? Yeah, I'm Taylor Wallace pretty much everywhere online or Tay Wall on Twitter. Uh, pause and rec, spelled pause, letter N, rec.com. Um, yeah, bring us your dogs. Be sure to check them out. The info is in the show description as well. And we are at That Entrepreneur Show on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. On Twitter, we are at Podcast by Lancey because of the character limit. But you get updates from all of my shows. I am at Vincent A. Lancey for all social media, YouTube, and my website is vincentalancey.com. My latest book is Mental Health Week. It's available on Amazon, the go-to book for elementary school students to level up their mental health in a fun way. Let's end the show with a quote that inspired me, and it is from today's Spotlight Entrepreneur with a clue to her success. You have to show respect to the people who you work with as an example of how you run your organization. That should be common sense, and the fact that it's not is what's surprising to me. And there's always room to reward people, to recognize achievements, to name an employee of the quarter. It took a long time for the company to be profitable. And now that we are, I really want to share that with the people who are in there every day, especially the production people. We've got the most amazing team. Thank you for tuning in. And we will see you on the next episode tomorrow. Gasparil a day on That Entrepreneur Show. Taylor, thank you for stopping by the show. Thanks for having me, Vinny.